Hello and welcome to this edition of the Tillage Edge with me, Shea Feeling. On this episode, I catch up with Tim Bergen, who's a Dublin farmer farming out in North Poland. Michael Hennessy talked to him earlier in the season, and I wanted to catch up with Tim to see how the season had treated him this year. The combines have just started rolling on Tim's farm, so I asked him how the crops had grown through the season. The weather has been very stable, but temperatures have been very high, uh, 30 degrees every day. And we went eight weeks with no rain, uh, followed by two nights ago, we got up to 80 millimetres in two hours in a, in, a, in a gigantic storm. We were lucky we didn't get the worst of it in the, in the town beside us. The cars were floating down the streets. Yeah, and I think we've avoided that, but I, 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 I see in the news that the UK got something similar as well. There was floods around London and places like that, so we've, we've kind of avoided that much. And has that done much damage to the crops out there, do you think, Tim, or is it too late? It damaged the winter barley because it was the winter barley was just totally ready for harvest. The straw was brittle. We were just waiting for the moisture to come down below 14%. So uh, it didn't, um, didn't flatten it, but it has uh, layered it in places. And you started today, Tim, so you're, you're just getting into it. What's, what's the feeling so far in terms of what you've harvested so far? The yield so far is nine tonnes per hectare. We're having a problem with uh, hectolitre light because hectolitre weight because it's coming in at fifty eight, which is which is, I think it's six points below where it should be. So we'll have to put it through the we'll have to put it through the dryer just to clean it. And or have you done any screening tests or anything like that on it? Obviously, there there must be high if there if if that's the quality quality parameters coming through. Yeah, that is the unclean though. That's straight off the combine. I mean, if we put it through the right, cleaner, okay. we'll bring it back up to the normal parameters. We were just hoping that we wouldn't have to put it through the cleaner. Yeah, and in terms of what what that's, and I know your farm would be kind of pretty good for the region. What are the what are the reports from around Europe in terms of harvest? And we see harvesters rolling all over the all over Europe. Any reports of how yields are across Europe? I think they're backed by a ton of hectare. Uh, it's, it's very hard to say with winter barley because winter barley doesn't suffer too much from the, that drought that we had in the last eight weeks. Winter barley would have been well established and would have been just in grain fill during the drought. So the impact on winter barley seems to be uh, hectolitre weights are not so good, but yields are not so bad. And progress, is, and progress, I presume, is good as well, Tim. They're getting through quite quickly, I think, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I mean, two weeks ago, I saw people cutting winter barley here. So there's probably a lot of work done. So that's around you in terms of cutting it around you, were they? Yeah, we're very far north. People in the south yeah. of Poland would have been cutting three weeks ago. I suppose one of the things, Tim, that we've noticed this year in terms of, of, of growing crops this year is the change or the increase in price of grain and inputs. Have you seen much increase in inputs, and particularly fertilizer and that over the year side of the world this year? Yeah, it, it, straight away, as soon as the grain price went up, the the uh, the fertilizer price was put up immediately. At the time, it was it was completely without justification. Now there seems to be a there's a background of the oil price rising. So fertilizer probably may if oil stays up, fertilizer may stay up in price. I know you said before to Michael when we were talking to Michael earlier on that you do forward sell um, most of your grain and you have probably a lot of it sold at this stage at hopefully pretty good prices. Do you do you forward buy? or purchase fertilizers or any inputs as well, or do you buy them on spec? If we, if we think we've value, we'll forward purchase. If, if we think it's too high, we'll just take a risk and wait. So at the moment, we've, we've nothing forward purchased for 2022. 
And when would you normally start thinking about doing that, Tim? Anytime from September on. Right, okay. Anytime. Okay, so it's a bit early yet for you to really... Yeah, yeah. It's a bit early to be dipping into the market yet. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, as, as shipments come in later over the winter, I think there'll be up, there will be buying opportunities. But right now, I see that oil is is has just been steadily climbing. I don't know, it's, it's probably up around $80 a barrel. So that's going to give the fertilizer manufacturers a justification even though they should be tracking natural gas and not uh, oil. Uh, natural gas prices haven't gone up so much. And just in terms of saying, I know one of the things that we're looking at here, it's a new concept for us here this year, is we're chopping straw and there's a straw uh, incorporation scheme here uh, in, in play in Ireland. So we get paid actually to incorporate the straw and incorporate the carbon into, this, into our soils. What's your market like out there for straw? I know around, you, around your area particularly, there's not many... Uh, cattle farms or animal farms do you generally chop all your straw or what do you do with it we always chop the straw regardless of what the market conditions are like uh, we never sell it we put it back into the soil and how do you find that in terms of uh, improving your soil over time it is i mean straight up there are massive improvements in the structure of soil there's a there's a big increase in the amount of worms in the soil you can see when you get prolonged drought periods with high temperatures that the soil is able to carry water. Uh, so yeah, between that and the, and not ploughing, for sure, we're trapping a lot more carbon in the in the soil. I think the, we did a little bit of research on it recently, and we can be we can be trapping up to six tons of carbon per hectare on average. And is that in conjunction with catch crops, Tim, or is that just as well? The, yeah, it is. With, uh, it is. It's in yeah, conjunction and, with catch crops. Yeah. And do you do you sow many catch crops out there? Yeah, yeah, uh, at least thirty percent. But if we have the opportunity to do more, we do more. And typically, what are what are you using? Are you using what, different mixes it, or straights or what are you? Using? It's very varied. You have if if we know that next spring we're planting potatoes in a particular field, we plant black oats. We plant uh, vetch, which was what they call hairy vetch. We plant peas yeah. and we plant. One other thing, I can't remember what it is right now, but it's basically a mixture to to reduce the nematodes in the in the soil and right. and, and leave the leave the soil in very good condition for potatoes. Something like a Caliente mustard or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I must. I, I'll check it and I can actually let you know what it is. It's it's pretty good anyway because we've had really good yeah. results from it. And speaking of potatoes, and I know potatoes are close to your heart as they are mine. How are, how, how are potato crops looking out there with you this year? Well, as you know, red crop, red varieties do not like 30 degrees plus. <laughs> oh, so oh. They, uh, they don't, they look quite well considering, they look quite well considering we've managed to keep enough water on them. They, they, they yeah. really do look well uh, considering, but maybe that's down to the high quality seed that we use too. It gives extra vigor. And is that locally sourced? Uh, locally sourced. Uh, some, no, some from Holland. Obviously, we took as much seed out of Scotland as we could before the, the gates closed. Uh, yeah. And some is local uh, local high-grade seed. It's actually one of the things I was I was going to ask you as well, Tim. I mean, I mean, you're saying you're, you were getting seed out of Scotland and I just noticed that um, the UK have banned the import of EU seed and the kind of a quid pro quo kind of thing. Um, yeah. Are you seeing any... Are you seeing any opportunities out there for yourselves? I know you're a high-grade seed area in Poland. Are you seeing any opportunities out there for yourselves in terms of growing seed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we can definitely sell into the Irish market with an advantage of a uh, virus advantage, for sure. Um, we we yeah. get a very cold winter here. We get, we get 
usually get prolonged periods of minus, which reduces the the aphid population down. And then we can we we start in the in the early summer with a very very low aphid numbers. So it gives us a head start on virus as well. We're beside the sea here, so we normally get cooler nights. So going forward, we'd be aiming to get uh, well. It's going to be difficult because of the, the amount of chemicals that have been removed from the marketplace. But going forwards, I think we'll be we'll be able to beat most Western European countries on virus, and that's going to be a big that's going to be a big big thing because I don't think a lot of people have taken into account how bad the virus will be next year, considering the amount of aphids that have been removed from the market. Is Brexit having any impact at all with you guys out there? Like we're seeing problems here bringing in parts bringing in seeds bringing in all sorts are you seeing anything like that out there yeah there, there, there are a lot of issues i'm not sure if you can connect them all to brexit but certainly brexit was like a catalyst to expose huge uh, deficiencies in in the transport networks right. in general and then obviously you had yeah. that suez canal incident and then there was covid and a lack of containers and stuff like that so we're we're, we're being heavily heavily impacted by on deliveries some of it is is definitely connected to Brexit. Some of it is connected to Brexit. An example would be machines and things that we collect out of the United Kingdom. Now, it's becoming incredibly difficult because Polish hauliers just don't want to go to the United Kingdom. They just rather work somewhere else. Yeah, they, they can we're, make. They we're can, finding something. Yeah, they can make more money by by going to other countries. So they just you call the hauliers that we used to use, and they just flatly say no. They don't want to deal with the United Kingdom. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing the same. Same problems here. And you mentioned there as well, COVID. Is COVID having much of an impact out there? I'm thinking in terms of markets, particularly like the likes of potato markets, like we've seen processing, um, processing or demand for processing material drop dramatically here in the last 18 months. But I suppose the fresh chip job has, 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 has kind of replaced that. Are you seeing much of an impact in terms of markets with, with COVID this year? Yeah, for sure, it was it was it was really really big, uh, really big, because well over I think sixty percent of what's grown in in Eastern Europe is for processing anyway. So, yeah, the the impact was tremendous. Luckily, most restaurants in in Europe have been open now for three or four months, so demand is back. Uh, I think I think the the factories have are coming to the conclusion that they'll probably recover their they'll go back to pre-COVID levels yeah. quite quickly. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We just had a meeting last night with a couple of growers here in, in Ireland and we're seeing the, the fresh consumption is up and it seems to be it seems to be driven by the fact that we can't go to restaurants and we are seeing that the fresh consumption is up, but processing, like you said, we haven't opened up the restaurants fully here yet, is, is, is still down. Um, are you seeing anything, any change in or shift in demand in the types of, of, of potatoes that you're looking for? No, no, there isn't a, isn't a, any clear shift in demand. I, I expect that there's going to be big movements in sort of September, October, when they realise how this prolonged hot spell, yeah, which has been all across Europe, when they realise the effect of that prolonged hot spell, I, I imagine it's going to, the yields are going to be way, way back on average everywhere, even, even on irrigated crops, because no potatoes like high temperatures. Yeah. And, and, you know, you go above 25 degrees, it doesn't matter how much water you put on, you're still going to see a yield impact. Yeah. And I suppose, yeah, when when you think of it, you, at this time of year, a crop is looking, here we generally recommend that a, a crop needs about 30 to 35 millimetres of water a week 
um, just to keep it ticking over. And I presume in those hot temperatures, all the irrigation, you're losing an awful lot of moisture through transpiration. So it's actually not getting down to where you need it. No, no. I, I, I predict, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I predict that yields are going to be way, way, way back. Way back. And is it starting to impact on price over there yet, Tim? Yeah, I think so. It's it's uh, there's more the phone the phones are ringing, people are calling who I haven't spoken to for years, asking, expressing interest, talking about uh, talking about export markets. Probably some of that is 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 UK stuff as well that that's not allowed, not allowed travel around. So, yeah, the 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 phone has been ringing. That's for sure. And for all of last year, nobody rang. The phone never rang once. So it looks like it's going to be a busy. Busy um, second half of the year for you, and there's going to be lots of opportunities for you by the looks of it. Hope so, but I expect yields to be back dramatically. Yeah. Well, listen, Tim, thanks for taking the time to come on and just give us a, a feel for how things are over in Poland. Hopefully, as you say, the prices will be up and demand obviously is increasing because of the low yield. So hopefully you'll have a good harvest and, and a good back end of the year. Yeah, things look reasonably, reasonably good at the moment. We're optimistic and for sure it'll be better than last year. That's it for this week's edition of the Tilly Judge. If you like this podcast, please recommend it to a friend or colleague. Also, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. For more details, log on to chagas.ie. I'm Shea Phelan. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tilly Judge. Michael Hennessy will be back next week with more Tilly's news and advice.